The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome listeners. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week I have with me a special guest, Kate O'Neill, who's the founder and CEO of MetaMarketer. In Nashville, Tennessee. Now, did I say that right, Kate? Yeah, yeah. You know, the uh, the locals like to rhyme it with bashful, so you can always go that way. Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, you came out there originally because you had aspirations of being a songwriter. Is that right? It's kind of like That's right. uh, people going to L.A. to become waiters. I mean, actors. <laughs> it's exactly the same. And then we all end up in the web here. got to earn a living still so I guess the songwriting (laughs) thing didn't work out yeah you Uh, know it it worked out it worked out for a little while but it turned out that the web skills were far more interesting and valuable here than songwriting (laughs) it's just not very unique (laughs) (laughs) well fair enough so tell us about uh, your your agency MetaMarketer just uh, for the folks that don't know uh, just a broad overview of what you guys do and what your sure sure we sort of think of ourselves as a marketing intelligence agency. We, uh, we use data from the web channels of our clients to help them uh, draw better pictures of what their customers are and, and understand their marketing at a, at a more sophisticated level, kind of overall. Okay, so it's not the, the hands-on of we're running your pay-per-click campaign. It's getting customer or demographic or psychographic insights about their audience. You know, it's a little bit both and. Uh, we, we do do a lot of hands-on tactical stuff with our clients uh, most of the time because there's, there's evolutions of maturity in the process. So a lot of times uh, clients come to us and what they want is the tactical. Um, they want to grow to the point where the strategic is really useful to them, but they're not quite there yet. So we kind of have to help them get to the point where, where they're making the right day-to-day decisions in order to be able to use that information more effectively. Okay, sounds good. Now, you're going to be speaking at the this fall, October's uh, conversion conference in New York, I'm very happy to say. And it's on right. uh, the topic of human emotion. That's something I, I come back to all the time. Now, one thing I like to say is I'm a recovering technologist. Uh, and <laughs> you know, I've come to this intersection of marketing and technology. And it sounds like, in a way, your life paths have been similar. Talk to me about how technology and marketing and psychology intersect. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't realize that about you as well. Uh, you know, I, I did come to marketing through technology. I always thought of myself as a technologist first, and I think I only arrived at the point a few years ago of realizing that I had been a quasi-marketer in technology all along because I always took a user experience or a user perspective in the work that I was doing. I was always coming from the perspective of, you know, how to make uh, software more usable to, to the end user, how to make, um, you know, customer sort of e-commerce. I did, you know, got a good start, head start in e-commerce in the early days. Um, was always coming at that from, you know, how to make uh, how to make it easier for people to sign up, to stick around, to enjoy the service or whatever. Um, so, yeah, so when I came to marketing, it was sort of coming at it honestly, where I had always been thinking about how to, how to make people happy 
through a, um, a, a service or an offering, and it was natural to bring technology along because we'd gotten to the point where technology and marketing had started to dovetail quite a lot. I always thought of myself as sort of a natural technologist, and I think only in the last few years of uh, realizing that I was a marketer, that I've been kind of a quasi-marketer all along, uh, that, that I always approached technology, you know, in doing software work and doing web work, e-commerce in the early days, you know, that that had always been something where I was taking the user perspective and the user approach to, you know, from, from a sometimes on this on the perspective of usability sometimes you know trying to figure out how to make something more compelling more um, persuasive um, but always coming at it from thinking about the user and what the user was trying to accomplish so that that's interesting that that we both kind of had that same arc in our careers yeah well I think I've kind of come full circle I, I mean I had split parts of my personality which I guess makes me a schizophrenic um, <laughs> you know I majored in computer engineering as well as cognitive science which at the time was a in the psychology department at UC San Diego, a very interdisciplinary school. And then uh, did graduate work in computer science, but that was really in neural networks and adaptive learning systems and artificial intelligence. So it's really kind of technology, psychology bent the whole time. And that's fascinating. I can see where, where that all kind of runs together once the, uh, the area of analytics and landing page optimization kind of comes into the picture. And then you've got the, the perfect background for that. That's fascinating. Yeah, so if you guys, so when you engage with a client, let's say you are you have free reign and you're able to do strategic stuff, how do you include this voice of the customer or this user-centered approach in, specifically in your campaigns? What kinds of things are you doing to get that? So we take a, a little bit different approach um, from from most of the the agencies that we are acquainted with. Um, in that, you know, we kind of step back and we make sure a lot of our engagements start with a discovery process. Um, where we're really trying to get our, our, our arms around what the marketplace looks like for that client and in a way that, that really acquaints us with um, what not only what their existing customers are and what the existing visitors on their site are doing, but what they're missing out on and, and why they're missing out on it, or at least starting to hypothesize why they're missing out on it. Um, so you're, you're looking really at, uh, instead of from a company inside-out view towards the world, you're looking at the competitive landscape and what choices yeah. c customers or clients or consumers have there. Yeah, and I wouldn't say instead of, but we are definitely uh, adding that into the mix because definitely the perspective from inside the company is valuable to us too. We, you know, it, it can't be ignored. You know what the company wants to say to the world and how they want to be positioned and what their messaging needs to be, but it, that needs to match up and marry up with what the world wants to hear or else it isn't a viable offering, right? <laughs> so, so in a way, you're kind of doing a more traditional you know, SWOT analysis, right? That, in a that. sense, yeah. Yeah, I, I like to say that you know, what, a lot of what we do is it's kind of funny because we've taken a very uh, new technology approach to kind of come at classic marketing. You know, we, we've gotten back to a lot of what my understanding of, of where marketing ha was, you know, maybe a couple decades ago in terms of being very disciplined and very data-driven. Um, we've sort of gone full circle through, through the phase where marketing seemed to be more about communications and, and more about sort of, you know, the Marcom world and the, the creative role in marketing. And not that that's not important, not that that still doesn't remain important today, but there seems to be this, this circling back to the, the idea that, data is, is critical to making good decisions in marketing. 
and that you need yeah, but, you need that to inform your strategy. Go ahead. Yeah, and and in terms of uh, sorry, I I used an acronym, and I, I I try not to use acronyms without explaining them. <laughs> so SWAT for those of you that that haven't tuned in is uh, an acronym stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. It's a way to kind of see the competitive landscape and where you fit into it. It was developed. Uh, back in the 60s uh, at Stanford, I believe, and uh, it's pretty much kind of the, the standard. If you've ever seen one of those little two-by-two charts and competitive bubbles on them with your competitors' names, that's where all that stuff comes from. That's right. No. Yeah, and, and so I think it's important to, to recognize, you know, kind of at the big-picture business strategy level, you know, where all that stuff fits and then what I guess I, I assume or, you know, our, our methodology assumes is that, you know, you take that business strategy and you can kind of drill it down into the, the marketing strategy, which includes things like positioning and differentiation and, you know, what your unique value proposition is and things like that. Um, and then drill that down further into, you know, as needed into sort of content strategy, keyword strategy, and into further and further, you know, drill downs of that and more specificity. Um, so that you can you can test those things and you know test the hypotheses within them and then feed those results back up a level and then up a level and up a level and so ultimately the work that you're doing in keyword hypotheses should at some level inform your overall business strategy or can okay so I was just going to ask you about that because so it's not some kind of top down rigid planning five year plan you know like they have in in uh, my homeland or former homeland when it was still the Soviet Union. It's it's more of a two-way kind of linear flow where the right, tactical right. stuff informs this the strategy. Very I, I much. Yeah, I think it's a mistake that people often make. Say, well, this is our positioning, and this is what we're sticking to. This is our brand identity, and then they become right. kind of brand Nazis, and they they're very intolerant of anything kind of bubbling up from the tactical trenches. Right. Have you exactly. Seen that as well. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's a that's a characteristic of a company that that usually doesn't make a very good fit for us. At least if they're if that's sort of yeah, sort of cultural to them, and they're not going to change. Well, we're more interested in companies that are are interested in in staying abreast of the changes in the marketplace, in in sort of learning about themselves, being a little introspective, but that already have a pretty rich culture too. Uh, that, that are pretty customer centric already. That's a that's a very good fit for us. So so usually the the idea of being incremental about the approach and and having top down and bottom up both work in concert is is a very um, natural thing for companies like that. Well, terrific. So after the break, we're going to come back and I want to drill down on this one more level and talk about how, what kind of tools and techniques you actually use in order to bring the prospect or customer or user into the picture. Uh, so stay tuned. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes after a word from our sponsors. More LPO, Landing Page Optimization, in just a moment. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrands with a Z for eBrands. 
Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. Rock the world with LinkedIn. Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization, here on WebmasterRadio.fm. And today with me I have my guest, uh, Kate O'Neill from MetaMarketer. Kate, before the break we were talking about different, uh, well, kind of, strategies to make sure that you're aligned with uh, the marketplace and the needs of the company, but then you have to translate that into the tactical campaign level stuff. So how do you introduce a positioning or a certain psychological orientation or editorial tone into all of these campaigns? Can you give us some examples? Sure. So some of the most important work that we do is in understanding segmentation. And this is, I'm sure, very familiar to you and probably to your audience as well, that that the most important work, some of the most important work, I think, in marketing is knowing not only who your audience is as a singular collective, but who those audiences are when you break them down. And so we, we work with our clients a lot to try to develop hypotheses about what those segments are and then what are some potentially measurable or targetable characteristics of them. So, you know, you have to be able to develop some sort of business rule or some sort of definable characteristic that inside of um, web channels is going to be able to, to pull them apart. Whether you're talking about something psychographic, like in, in AdWords, where it's a behavioral kind of concept around the search terminology, or something that's maybe more demographic that you might be able to use something like Facebook ads to, okay, to dig so, at. So, so what I'm not hearing is, is a place for the, the kind of, um, you know, the... Uh, poor, totally made-up, arbitrary persona. You know, Jane is a 30s uh, career power right. woman in Manhattan that, that reads Glamour magazine, you know, nothing like that, right? It's actually yeah, and not to measurable. Say, it's right. measurable in some fashion, either by the keyword intent uh, or right. by the behavior or by something, uh, you know, objective like where they're coming from. Is, is right. that fair to say? So it's, yeah, it's, it, it's got to have it's, its roots in measurability. Exactly, because there's nothing we can do with it beyond speculation if it doesn't have its roots in measurability. And not to say that those, you know, kind of classic personas aren't valid or aren't useful. I think that they are useful in kind of getting your head around what the 
the users look like or how, how to interact with them or what their motivations might be. But at some level, you have to be willing to take it you know, a, a step deeper and, and really try to break it out into something that you can actually communicate with in a targeted way um, online. Yeah. So in a way, if you can't make the segment, if you can't break it into groups by various, you know, by watching behavior patterns or by some other kind of cut, then, then it's not actionable. You can't do anything about it. It's not actionable. That's exactly right. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that it's not there, you know, but you just can't, you can't do much with it in a, in a targeted, segmented way. Um, so, you know, there's, there's opportunities potentially offline for thinking about stuff like that, but we just do, we do most of our work online in terms of validation so that hoping that we can take that validation, pass it back up a few levels, and then you can use um, offline, use some of the messaging that you intuit from understanding the motivations of your users to drive that back online and then validate whether you got it right. But yeah, those, those kind of um, touchy-feely personas don't do us very much good in terms of, of validation. Okay, so let's let's uh, break this down even more specific. So, how would this apply to say pay-per-click campaigns and keyword choice, and then the other would be to say the design of a landing page? Yeah, what it, usually there's a, there's a couple different ways to to go about this. One is using pay-per-click as a um, as just kind of an iterative validation tool itself. So you're not using not actually using pay-per-click to drive traffic, you know, necessarily. You're using it to see if um, your intuition or insights about, you know, what key phrases are going to resonate with your users um, are going to be the right ones, and whether if you drive them to a given landing page or a given experience on the site, if they're going to to re- if that's going to they're going to engage in that. Um, the other side of it is, you know, maybe you are trying to actually drive traffic and grow your business um, actively through that channel. And so what you're trying to do then is, is take the, the breakdowns that you can make of behavioral intent or, or other kinds of groupings of um, maybe concepts that relate together and, and take those and kind of drill out other experiences that can be, can be developed on site to uh, funnel people into um, or, or, you know, further develop that for, for conversion optimization. But there's sort of two paths and they can work together. You know, you definitely can be learning a lot about the segments of users during a conversion optimization campaign and feeding that back as intelligence to the company. The whole process is iterative enough to be doing a lot of simultaneous learning and growth. In fact, it, it, it often happens that way just, you know, just by the, the nature of the work that's being done. Okay, so the so learning I'm hearing that, yeah, is, is in a sense that uh, the organization has to be, you know, pretty fluid and open to feedback, and also, uh, you know, willing to have a fast cycle time and, and make these changes whenever new information comes around. Is that, is that one of the requirements for being successful? You feel in today's world? I think so. I think what, what we typically coach our clients to think about is that the first time through the process, and again, I, I do emphasize that it is an iterative process. There's no point in going through it only once. You know, but, but the first time through the process, it's going to take a while because we'll be sorting out who's the responsible party for which piece, you know, who's going to be signing off on the creative, who's going to be you know, kind of working with us on developing these hypotheses and so on. And that once we then de- determine what are the the tactical things that we're going to test or, or kind of put into practice so that we can see, you know, what the results are, uh, then we actually run through the, the process of, you know, setting up the PPC campaigns or whatever, um, the Facebook ads, whatever it ends up being. And then there are, you know, we, we talk through this, this area where you've gotten into the invisible hand area, right? You've got the, the things that you don't control, 
Google's algorithm, you know, the, the market demand, all the kind of economic, macroeconomic climate influences, everything that's out of our control, you know, that, that has to be, you know, kind of understood that that's going on in the background. But the results come out and there are measurable results and we look at those results, we compile them, and then we review them with the team. And we're back at the beginning where we're saying, okay, here's what we, know, what we thought we knew, here's what we now know, and here's what we don't know, so let's go and test this now. And we go through the process again. And each time we go through the process, we should be getting more agile and we should be getting more familiar with the process. And ultimately our goal is to become you know, faster and faster through that cycle and enable the client to, you know, ramp up and do this themselves, where they have this capability in-house, where they have the sophistication to do this kind of process on their own. Okay, so really, uh, one, you know, one thing that's underlying maybe as an assumption this whole discussion is, I mean, if you're working with data, you need enough of it. Uh, so, you know, in my, in my experience, if you go segmentation, you start slicing things down into smaller and smaller <laughs> yeah. buckets, pretty soon you end up not with buckets but with thimbles. Uh, that's true you know so is it kind of the rule of 80 20 where you just segment you you might have two or three big uh, data sources or segments and you just kind of pay attention to those and ignore the the long tail as it were it can be and and we do we do say when we talk about who our ideal client is that um, it's a high transactional high volume website um, you know some some company that does most of their their business via online transactions so you know some sort of a Subscription e-commerce play is totally up our alley. You know, something where um, it's it's a B two B lead generation type of situation, um, but it's got enough volume is a great thing for us. But you know, the, the local businesses are probably not going to be able to generate enough traffic or enough transactions rather um, to be able to do this segmentation um, and validation that we do. But we do kind of consult with folks locally. In fact, I'm involved um, with um, the Entrepreneur Center here in Nashville and a mentor to Jumpstart Foundry, which is our local seed stage micro fund that's affiliated with the Techstars program. Um, and one of the things that I have done with a lot of the companies inside of the Entrepreneur Center is help them walk through this, uh, this grid program and, and, and kind of think about the segments that they have and how to, how to identify what their motivation might be or speculate at least what their motivation might be, uh, what the messaging would be that resonates with them, what, where, where the channels are that they might be able to connect with those people and so on. And so when we walk through that grid, they've at least got a starting point, even if they don't have enough data to validate, they at least can start from, you know, a place of reasonable uh, intelligence and sophistication about how they're going about their marketing instead of making broad swath kind of guesses at the, the market landscape. Okay, well, when we come back from our next break, I, I want to take that down another level and say, you know, what tools or technologies are available to make all that happen. And, and when we do, I want to explore this kind of weird axis of raw veganism and cat ownership. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back in two minutes after a word from our sponsors on LPO, Landing Page Optimization. More LPO, Landing Page Optimization, in just a moment. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. 
Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know they're SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, and I'm here with my guest, Kate O'Neill from MetaMarketer. And uh, Kate, you know, before the break... Uh, I mentioned I, I spilled the beans. Uh, that you, you're a raw vegan, is that right? Does that's that right. That's right. Microwave anything? That's, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, you just eat like raw, cold vegetable stuff off the floor. Or do you have to dig it out of the dirt yourself? Well? <laughs> yeah. I, I try not to eat it off the floor, but sometimes you do get hungry. No, I, I do. Uh, <laughs> and the philosophy of raw veganism is that, you, you know, you can't heat food beyond 105 degrees. So it can be warmed. I have a dehydrator and I use a blender to make smoothies and soups and stuff like that. But yeah, generally it's, it's not hot food. That's for sure. Ooh, yummy, lukewarm lentils. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just messing with you. Uh, and you have five cats, too, so I'm going to tell a really off-color, you know, starving people in Africa joke. You know, what do you call a starving guy in Africa who's uh, walking a cat? I don't know. A, a raw vegan. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what do you call a starving guy in Africa that's walking two cats? Oh, no, I don't even want to know. <laughs> A, a caterer. Okay, so on that oh, note, <laughs> well, you know, how many times do you get to roll that whole veganism and uh, cat ownership thing? Pa rim shot. Yeah, that's into, true. Into have you been have you been holding on to that joke for a long time? <laughs> right, in fact, you got Just it. Waiting for the right moment. <laughs> I'm it's, so glad I could help you fulfill a lifelong uh, ambition to uh, use that joke check on there. My, my bucket list is empty. All right. Well, <laughs> on that note, no, I want to drill down seriously on um, talking about uh, the tools for this. Now, there are quite a few kind of marketing automation tools and um, that can um, fire off you know, various kinds of 
changes to your website, to the kind of email communication you have, to, to basically make it real easy to create these segments to do lead scoring and other things, things like uh, Eloqua, in, Infusionsoft, uh, Marketo, HubSpot's got some elements of this and their stuff. Um, do you, what kind of tools do you actually use to help your clients do all this? Because you can't do it manually. Yeah, a, a number of our clients use Marketo, and so we're, you know, we integrate with that pretty well. You know, we we, um, we don't actually have our own in-house license to any of those platforms. What we do is use um, uh, Adobe Omniture Test and Target pretty heavily because that's the more agile tool for us to kind of get the first the first inkling of what's going to work and, and whether, you know, we've actually seen the kind of... Um, success from a hypothesis that we expected to. And so if we do, then it can kind of feed into one of these more like a longer term program or platform, like you're mentioning Marketo or Eloqua or that, that sort of thing. Uh, so that, that's kind of a good way to think about it is that test and target or another testing platform. And we specifically like test and target just because it does give us that segmentation capability more so than um, other tools that we've evaluated. But um, we look at test and target as kind of the, the first stage and the quick validation, and then we can pass those learnings on to the company so that their own content marketing or whatever um, their, their relevant um, next step is in, in-house can follow up and develop either, you know, drip campaigns uh, in Marketo or, um, you know, whatever, whatever the next step uh, down the road is for them. Okay, and then just uh, in the name of uh, disclaimers and transparency, you're uh, I'm sure test and target an evangelist, and you're on their advisory board, so you've been working with it for I have a long been. time. Yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, I was a user of Automatica. Yeah, <laughs> back in the day when it was Automatica, and then when it became Omniture, I was still a user, and then when it became Adobe, uh, uh, I was still a user. So um, we were briefly a reseller, but we're not anymore. So we don't have a, any conflict of interest there or anything. Okay. We're not we're not promoting it for gain. Wow, Offermatica. That goes to back to the days yeah. of the Roche, Roche brothers. I'm not even sure if they're yeah. on the online marketing uh, radar. <laughs> uh, well, I guess like I just dated myself. Uh, well, <laughs> it sucks getting older, but it's better than the alternative. It um, is okay. better than the alternative. I agree. So let, let's uh, be, before we wrap up here, I wanted to uh, give the folks some way to contact you. Is again, where you're going to be speaking at the conversion conference in October in New right. York, uh, conversionconference.com. Uh, I'm really excited, by the way. We're going to have Steve Krug and Amy Africa keynote alongside of me. So oh, that's one, great. One of my heroes. I want to get my book autographed. Um, where, <laughs> what other events are you going to be speaking at in the, uh, in the next few months, and how can folks get a hold of you? I'm speaking at uh, PubCon in November. Uh, that'll be my first time speaking at the, the Vegas PubCon. I spoke at PubCon South in uh, I guess it was March. I think you were there also, Tim, right? Yeah, well, I'll see you at the Vegas one for sure. All right, great. Yeah, so I'll be there. And in the meantime, if folks want to reach out, um, uh, you can reach me at metamarketer.com, kate at metamarketer.com via email, or on Twitter, I'm Kate O or metamarketer. Very good. Well, um, thank you for taking the time to come in and uh, share your approach. I think... uh, Agile companies that focus on the customer and see the big picture are going to be the ones that win. There's no question about that. Uh, And uh, we'll see you in New York in October. Tim, thank you for having me on. It's my pleasure. And you've wasted another perfectly good half hour listening to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Hope you tune in again next time when we interview more thought leaders from the conversion rate optimization world. 